Who built the cages, Joe? That has to be one of the best lines in presidential debate history. In addition to that, a California school district is now promoting segregation, and more young Americans than ever before are identifying as LGBT. I'll be getting into that and more on The William Hall Show. The Biden administration has now opened a gated migrant facility for illegal immigrant children this past weekend in Texas. Now, for those that remember, this was one of the big things that a lot of Democrats attacked Trump for. It was his policy that they thought, or at least what they thought was his policy, that was on immigration that they thought was the biggest problem ever. They blamed him and said that he put kids in cages. Well, I'll be getting into why that was false as it is, but now we're seeing a lot of changes in that entire narrative. So the camp will hold up to 700 illegal immigrant children. This is the one that Biden just put in place. The facility was open for one month during the Trump years, and then it was shut down. Keep that in the back of your mind, okay? That facility was shut down pretty much as soon as Trump got into the White House. So Democrats were very, very upset about cage kids during Trump's tenure. They completely ignored it under Obama. Many Democrats were silent. And if you recall, AOC was taking pictures, literal pictures at the border and was by these cages where she's looking all sad and depressed at, at just seeing the state, the horrible state that these people are in. Well, yeah, come to find out that entire thing was staged and fake. That, that never actually happened at all. But that's AOC for you. But the thing that we need to take into consideration here is, is the simple fact that these cages were actually started under Obama. When Joe Biden and Trump were doing the debate together, that was one of the lines that Trump used to basically slam Biden, slam what he did while he was vice president under Obama, which was, like I said, one of the best lines I could ever think of out of those debates. Who built the cages? The reason why he's asking that question is because everybody wanted to blame Trump for the cages. But first of all, there weren't cages. They're, they're literally just holding facilities. And there's also a reason why they're there in the first place. But of course, none of the Democrats really were run, wanted to focus on that when Trump was president. So the issue that you have now is that Biden is stuck in a very kind of hard, stuck between a rock and a hard place situation where he has to make a decision on how they're going to handle the actual immigration policy. So what basically took place is that if you recall with what was going on with Trump and the whole kids in cages thing is that during that time when all of the, the Democrats were freaking out about this, it was Obama's immigration chief that said it was Obama, not Trump, who was responsible for the so-called cages. And the AOC claims the United States that the cages were for children, that they injected them with drugs. But AOC said at the time, quote, at least I'm not trying to cage children and at the border and inject them with drugs. Ocasio-Cortez says angrily, that's not a mistake. That is a deliberate policy to attack people based on their national origin. Of course, that's stupid and a lie. It's not about their national origin. It's about whether they are willing to go through the process to get into the United States legally. Of course, they were not doing that at the time. But what she's saying goes on to say, that's not a mistake. 
that's just hatred. That's just cruelty. That's just wrong. That's what AOC is doing. That's what she was talking about at this time. That's what all the Democrats were basically saying at this time. So on Tuesday, she tweeted about the facilities rioting by saying, this is not okay. Never has been okay. Never will be okay. No matter the administration or party. So we see that AOC kind of came out and actually attacked Biden and the administration over this. Surprisingly, I, I think she was one of the few. There were a couple of Democrats that did say something about it, but very few have basically said anything in opposition at all. And the mainstream media is completely ignoring this, by the way. They're, they're veiling over this entire situation and pretending like it doesn't happen. It's not happening at all. They, they feel like Biden's doing everything in the best way possible for the immigration policy. Once again, the, the mainstream media doesn't necessarily have to lie to your face. All they have to do is just ignore a story that they would normally report on like crazy during the Trump administration. And they'll, they'll just ignore it under the Biden administration with the hopes that you don't hear about it at all. And therefore it doesn't exist. That's how they basically combat all of this. So she later tweeted to kind of take away from that. Cause she probably got some pushback about that from the Democrats, but she said it's only two months into, into this administration and our fraught unjust immigration system would not transform in that time. In other words, it's okay. Just give them some time to adjust and figure it out. Once again, trying to just take away that kind of blame. But at the end of the day, this was not the kind of leeway she was giving to Trump or anyone else that had to deal with this. Which just show, goes to show, you know, for all of the Democrats that are silent, for all of the Democrats that are minimizing this situation at the border right now, let me be clear. Your silence proves with beyond all doubts that you never cared about kids in cages. You don't care about kids in cages. You were going to say whatever it took to make Trump look bad, when in reality, you could care less about anybody at the border and what they're going through and dealing with. It was merely a tool, a hammer to hit Trump over the head with. It was never about trying to actually improve the immigration policy, especially when the first thing you do, when you're literally a few weeks into a presidency, is to do the same thing that Obama did with building the cages. It was Trump that got rid of those cages. And, and once again, for like I said but earlier, these were never really cages. We're talking about kind of storage facilities. The reason why they separate these kids from their parents is because oftentimes kids pass through the border with adults, and those adults aren't always their family or related to them at all. They'll sometimes, many immigrants will use kids as a way to get into the country. So oftentimes what they do is because the, the kids need a different living condition and the adults could be a danger to the kids is that they separate the kids at the border to reunite them later once they've been processed through and everything. So it only makes logical sense that they would do this. Actually, if anything, kids actually have a better treatment at these facilities than the adults do because they're children, right? So the mere fact that they're even trying to make this seem as if it's the worst human rights violation on planet Earth is already blowing this way out of proportion. So White House press secretary Jen Psaki was asked about this at a recent press conference as well. And this is what she had to say. To that point, why is the Biden administration reopening a temporary facility for migrant children in Texas? Well, um, first, uh, the policy of this administration, as you well know, but just for others, is not to expel unaccompanied children who arrive at the border. Uh, and the process, how it works, is that uh, Customs and Border Control uh, con uh, 
continue to transfer unaccompanied children to the HHS Office of Refugee Resettlement. That can take a couple of days. I just want to give this context because people need to understand the process. But because of COVID-19 protocols, uh, the like social distancing requirements, the capacity of existing Office of Refugee Resettlement shelters has been significantly reduced because, of course, you can't have a child in every bed. Um, there needs to be spacing, and we abide by those spacing to protect the kids um, who are um, living in those facilities for a short period of time. And to ensure the health and safety of these kids, HHS took steps to open an emergency facility to add capacity where these children can be provided the care they need while they are safely, before they are safely placed with families and sponsors. So it's a temporary reopening during COVID-19. Our intention is very much to close it, but we want to ensure that we can follow COVID, COVID protocols uh, as, we, uh, as, we, as unaccompanied minors come into the United States. But it's the same facility that was open for a month in the Trump administration, summer 2019. That is when Joe Biden said, under Trump, there have been horrifying scenes at the border of kids being kept in cages. And Kamala Harris said, uh, basically, babies in cages is a human rights abuse being committed by the United States government. So how is this any different than that? We very much feel that way. Uh, and so the, these are facilities, let me, be, let me be clear here. One, there's a pandemic going on. I'm sure you're not suggesting that we have children right next to each other uh, in ways that are not COVID safe, are you? I'm suggesting that Kamala Harris said that this facility, putting people in this facility was a human rights abuse committed by the United States government. And Joe Biden said, under Trump, there have been horrifying scenes of border uh, at the border of kids being kept in cages. Now it's not under Trump, it's under Biden. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is, this is kids, this is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. It is not a replication, certainly not. The, that's, that is never our intention of replicating the immigration policies of the past administration, but we are in a circumstance where we are not going to expel unaccompanied minors at the border. That would be inhumane. That is not what we are going to do here as an administration. We need to find places that are safe under COVID protocols for kids to be, where they can have access to education, health and mental services, consistent with their best interests. Our goal is for them to then uh, be transferred to families or sponsors. So this is our effort to ensure that kids are treated or not in close proximity and that we are abiding by the health and safety standards that uh, the government has been set out. Notice the shifting in the language. Everything that they've, the Democrats have been talking about has been shifting in language. When it was Trump, they were cages. When now you have a Democrat in charge, it's facilities. It's these just these uh, storage places or whatever. They're, they're doing everything they can to change language. Once again, further proving this idea that I've talked about many times, how Democrats will just simply change language to make things seem worse and or better depending on who it is that they're talking about or what the issue specifically is. Come to find out, border policy and dealing with how these people are being brought into the country is not as simple as, hey, don't do that. Hey, I don't like what you're doing. That's all they said during Trump's time. That's all they did. It's easy to criticize, but it's hard to put it in place. And the people that knew how the immigration policy should work during the Trump presidency we're there. They know exactly what needed to happen. They knew the issues. And no matter how they brought those issues to them before, Democrats didn't care. They said, no, it doesn't make sense. We're not going to listen to rationalizations. We're just going to complain. They get Biden in the office, does what Obama did, which was horrible on immigration, by the way. And now it's 
just fine. It's just facilities. It's not kids in cages. It's just kids in facilities. Guys, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And they're just lying to try and cover this up because they realize how stupid and hypocritical this really is. So at least good job for the reporter that's actually pointing out this hypocrisy because somebody has to do it. Someone does. Uh, so if they really cared about COVID-19 in the first place, to be honest with you, they would never have even had the borders open in the first place. Come to find out if you are trying to bring in a ton of immigrants that are from a different country and letting them come in. No one's talking about COVID tests, by the way, at the border. No one's saying anything about that, but there's just more than willing to let all of these people flood into the country. And yet they'll tell you, we care about COVID-19. We're so concerned. We're one mask. We're two masks. We're three masks. At some point, all of this is going to be enough to somehow protect you from all of these things. But yet at the border, it's free reign. We'll let them come in and do whatever it is that they want to do without even having to go through the processes that have been in place for all of these years. We're going to let them flood in the country and we won't even tell them, hey, guys, wait, just give us uh, uh, maybe six months, maybe a year so that we can get our country in order back to normal if that's even possible at this point from this whole virus thing. And then you guys can then we can talk about you guys coming in. Well, they're not going to do that. They're, they're literally letting them come right across the border right now during all of this craziness with the COVID-19 pandemic. It's almost like they don't care about it at all. And the one person that actually was tr saying, hey, we should stop travel from these other countries like this, at least for now, like give us a break while we put America first. Does that sound familiar? I hope so, because it's exactly what Trump was saying this entire time. That we and the American people should be coming first when it comes down to this. Of course, we're going to help these people. Of course, we're already sending tons of aid to many, many, many other countries that are out there. Of course, that's the case. But at the same time, we also have to protect our own people as well while trying to help out these other countries. And to do that, that means that they need to go through the proper processes to get into the country. If they want to come in, they can come in through the normal means by getting the citizenship, all of the rest of the requirements that are there getting a test, the vaccine, whatever it is that they want, that needs to happen. But just to let these people come in, and that's not even a topic of discussion right now, tells you exactly where the priorities of this administration really lie. So Amazon quietly rolled out, kind of debuted this new policy, basically ending book sales for any books that they label or deem as hate speech. So the rule change might have gone unnoticed except for a conservative author had posted on social media that Amazon had ended its own sales of his book on transgenderism and barred third parties from selling the work. It goes on to say, quote from him saying, Amazon this week yanked when Harry met Sally or became Sally. Sorry. It was responding to the transgender movement from its main web store, its Kindle servers and its audiobook lineup with no explanation. Even as the book had been available on the site for three years with no apparent controversy. So this is already off to a bad start. They're getting rid of books that even discuss the mere ridiculousness of transgenderism. And the fact is that they said that they don't sell certain content, including content that we determine as is hate speech. And the fact is that Amazon has banned products, obviously before that have had hate speech on them. Like if you had a shirt that one of them that they actually allowed on the store, by the way, and then when the news broke about it, they re immediately removed it. 
was this t-shirt that said kill all Republicans. They allowed that on the store for a while. And then, like I said, once the articles and all came out and people started talking about it a lot, all of a sudden it was gone, you know, but they allowed something to happen. But the point is that they were already getting rid of products that were inciting violence, saying just like I said, objectively bad things. I, I understand the specific products that are doing that. However, the problem is that books and other publications were exempt from this ban. And now they've changed that to where they are no longer exempt. So how do you define hate speech at all? How do you even put the parameters on that? This is the biggest problem I have when people say hate speech. Because how do you exactly define that? Because I'm pretty sure if I talk to different and many different people, they would define that as very, very different things, which is why hate speech really doesn't exist. Saying something mean to somebody is only going to maybe affect them in a certain way. For some people, if I say, I don't like you, that may not seem all that bad to them. But for someone else, that may be the most offensive thing they've ever heard. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you must hate me. You know, that is the, the reason why hate speech is such a broad, stupid term. And to use that in a policy on a store or a, a company website like Amazon, using that as a means to say your book's not allowed to be sold here is beyond insane. How long is it, do you really think, before they ban the Bible too? You know, in the Bible, it actually says that the word of God is a double-edged sword. It cuts. It convicts, right? It's not comfortable. When you hear it, it makes you think about what is going on in your own life. That's usually how that works. But now, what are they going to say? Oh, well, th this is calling out sin. This Bible thing is telling me how to live, and I I'm offended by this. That's, that's hate speech. It's against what I believe, so... How long before the Bible's taken out of Amazon stores or any other stores for that matter? You can't have anything that has any type of objective truth to it when every store is solely focused on getting rid of all of those products no matter what. We are now living in a time when people don't want to see or hear anything that doesn't directly align with their beliefs. If it's anything outside of that, then it must be removed, stricken from the internet, stricken from the stores. That is scary. A California school district is now promoting a segregated black parent meeting. It's basically a black PTA, but it's segregated because it's for black parents only. If that sounds ridiculous, then you are entirely correct. But it says here that the district is promoting a seven part black only event for parents to share their experiences and give input into how the district should alter its curriculum. Why should the curriculum be entirely based off of race? Aren't students students? They're there to learn. Why should this be a race issue? Why is this something that they're trying to do? What does your experience as far as your race have to do with what you learn in school? It used to be that school was actually based off of objective things, math, reading, grammar, things like that. History, that does not change, but they're going to change everything that they can. And history is one of the ones that they're basically looking to do that with, where they're going to basically rewrite history. They're going to change the perspective of history so that your kids will grow up, not necessarily knowing the actual facts and dates of memorization, that way of history, but all about the racial struggle of history. And, and like, I, you know, you of course learned about slavery when you were in school. I learned about slavery when I was in school, 
But the way that they're doing this is not the same. It's not the same at all. So the district is already embedding ethnic studies into 11th grade U.S. history classes and 10th grade literature classes. The teacher claims that the district is changing the name of U.S. history to race and gender in U.S. history. So let's just ignore all of those parts of U.S. history that actually are really important. And let's focus on all of these racial things that apparently we moved beyond, but let's just only focus on those. That, that's exactly how we're going to solve racism. Of course. The new theme for the upcoming race and gender in U.S. history is a course that's broken down into four themes. Culture, barriers slash social stratification, bias, and activism. The first theme focuses on culture, where students will look at the nature of race, ethnicity, class, gender, language, societal norms, and values as, as methods for the development of a self and, self and or cultural identity. Sound confusing? Yeah, that doesn't sound like history at all to me. What kind of culture are we trying to teach these kids? This is not the kind of class that you should be teaching to kids at all. You know... What this really reminds me of is, is these weird gender studies classes that are in colleges where we basically make the joke that you're paying to be indoctrinated. Well, now the government is for free offering for you to be indoctrinated for your kids to listen and hear about this kind of stuff. So the second theme focuses on barriers for certain racial groups and, and social stratification. Students will explore how economic inequalities and social stratification can lead to barriers and issues of unequal power within a society. The proposed learning plan reads, and all of this is about trying to make sure that kids are feeling bad about themselves for being white. You know, if you're a black kid in this class, if, if this was the stuff that I learned growing up, I would be the most depressed person I could ever imagine. Because all I could think, I, I would feel embarrassed for myself. Like, the fact that this is even a topic of discussion in a school is, is just insane. Like, kids don't, and, and, and I understand that some of these are for high school age, middle school age, but kids and whatnot. But still, a lot of these things are just not cool to be talking about in a school setting. They're not what I want my kids to be learning. They're never something that I would want to be learning in school. But the third thing that they were focusing on is bias. And it asked students to learn about and understand the concept of institutionalized biases and how they lead to social inequalities. This will likely encompass lessons of institutionalized race, racism and oppression as well. And the final theme is activism. Students will develop civics-oriented projects to address social inequalities that exist within their local communities. The curriculum reads, students will be encouraged to promote social awareness and social activism. So now they need to be fighting the good fight for BLM as students. Sure. Sure, that, that totally makes a ton of sense. You know, what I want to know is how long is it? How long is it going to take before the idea that MLK was talking about, of judging people by the content of their character and not their skin color, is going to become hate speech? That's what I want to know. Because right now, that idea is becoming pretty old-fashioned. It's becoming a pretty conservative idea, is it not? We know MLK, generally speaking, was a conservative, but seeing this type of thing is not what he would have believed in. He said that he was dreaming of a day where white boys 
and black boys were able to play together. And here we have a school district saying, no, we can't do that. We need to take these black parents and separate them from the rest of the other parents so that they can determine what these other students should be learning. That's not what MOK stood for at all. And to be honest with you, MOK is somebody that the left would hate today. If he held these ideas today, they would hate him because none of this aligns with what they want. They are literally saying that segregation is okay as long as they can exclude white people from the equation. I mean, doesn't this kind of harken back to the separate but equal kind of weirdness? Democrats are currently the segregationists. That is clear as it ever has been. With that being said, just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon where you can support the show here. And if you're listening to the show on Apple or any of the other podcast networks, please remember to leave a review as it helps the show out as well. Buffalo Public Schools are telling kids now that all white people perpetuate systematic racism. And they are forcing kindergartners to watch videos of dead black children to warn them about racist police. This is evil. This is pure evil. The teachers are encouraged to be more woke in their efforts at anti-racism. Okay, sure, sure. And then the person that's doing this is this lady named Moral, uh, last name Moral, which is suggesting that they should be teaching kindergarten classes about children killed by police. Videos featuring Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, and others to, to tell their stories. None of these cases give us any good indication that these people were shot by police because they were specifically black. I don't have time to get into all of the specifics of each one of these cases right now, but none of these are good. None of these are hills you want to die on if you're talking about trying to show that there's police brutality out there. This is just blatantly false or situations where police misjudge the situation, but plenty of the same things have happened to white people, white kids as well. And Democrats don't care. They'll pretend like they care, but they really don't care. Other pupils learn that all white people play a part in perpetuating systematic racism. And now they're saying that between the four and six year olds in kindergarten, they will be also asked by the teachers to compare their skin color with an arrangement of crayons. How is this even allowed? How is this possible? It's like what they're trying to do. This sounds like something out of like Germany, Nazi Germany or something. Where they're basically saying, look, look, this is what makes you white. Look, look at this. Look at race. It's important. That's what they're telling these kids. Four to six years old. I can tell you one thing that I was not concerned about when I was four to six years old. It was anybody's race. Of course, kids can see that there's black people and there's white people and other people that look different than them. But they don't know any different. They're not specifically focused on those things. That's just not the way that it is, but this type of thing ingrains it into a kid's brain that they are different, that you must feel bad because of that other person only because of their skin color, only because of their skin color. I don't want anybody to ever approach me or say anything to me at all by making an assumption based off of something that I never even chose for it to be like skin color. It's, it's not something that is who I am. It does not define me. Yet that is exactly what they're trying to do with these kids by telling them this. This is the first step to make people more racist, if you think about it. If kids grow up 
this entire time. White kids, Hispanic kids, whatever it is, grow up thinking that they must feel bad for all black people because of what they did. And let's combine this story. Let's take this story from four to six years old. They're taught about this stuff. They're showing all these kids being killed by police and told that black people have it harder. Black kids can't, can't even play with their toys. They can't do this. They can't do that. Feel bad for yourself. Feel bad for yourself. You're always racist. And then they go on and they do exactly what these other people did in these other school districts in California. They go on to that. And then they're told later into middle school and high school that they are already racist, that there's no way to escape and, and escape this racism that they inherently have in them. How do you think this is going to kind of equal out to you? <laughs> like, what do you think this is going to turn out to be when they're an adult? Because for some reason, it tells me that they're not going to turn out to be some nice woke person. They're probably going to get sick and tired of it. Many people are. And when they get sick and tired of this stuff, they're going to hate black people. They're going to hate everything about black people because they've been told constantly in their entire life that they must worship them in every way possible because otherwise everything would just poof out of existence if it wasn't for this thing. This is only making people more apt to be racist because you're focusing so hard on it from such an early age and beating it into them constantly for all of these years. That is the biggest problem with all of this stuff. It doesn't work this way. It never should work this way. And telling this to kids when they're so young makes them focus on things that they don't need to be focused on. Kids need to be learning to speak and, 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 and learning basic movement skills and, and other things like that that are way more important. Learning how to be disciplined and, and learning how to respect authority. They should be learning these things a lot more than they should be worried about somebody's stupid skin color. But of course, that's all they're going to focus on trying to do with these kids. If you have a kid in school, all this really is speaking to at this moment is make sure that you are aware of what they're learning. Because if it's stuff like this, it is not right at all. Private school is looking better and better by the day. So they're told by fifth grade, these students are being taught that America has created a school to grave pipeline for black children. Wow. You know, the actual biggest danger to black kids today. Actually, the biggest threat to all black people is other black people. All of these people that are putting out these things and telling them these schools what they need to teach. Last year, when hundreds of people were being killed in Chicago, weekend after weekend after weekend, some of them 10, 12, 9, 6 years old kids shot in Chicago. If you didn't know about that, it's because the media didn't tell you about that. They didn't raise any alarms about it. You didn't hear BLM shouting to the hills about it. No protests happened for these kids. None. All of those people were shot at by other black people in majority black communities. They don't want to focus on that. They don't ever want to focus on that. Everything that they can do to, to take the blame away from them. We're not at fault. We're perfect in every way. We can, we can, they can't even do their own self-analysis. Anybody that's a well-adjusted person in this world today knows that you need to be able to reflect on yourself. And be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, maybe it's me that's causing these problems to happen. But of course, they won't do that. They always have to put the blame somewhere else on someone else. It's their fault that I'm oppressed. It's their fault that I'm poor. It's their fault that, uh, that my kid got shot by the police. It's their fault that something else is happening. And never taking a second to maybe ask, I wonder if it was my kid just being 
a thug. I wonder if it was them that were actually committing the crimes. That maybe if I raised them the correct way where they respected authority, that they would never be put in that situation in the first place. That will never get discussed amongst people like this because they are entirely concerned about themselves. And that's it. That's it. Telling kids this type of stuff is pure evil. Full stop. If you want to stop racism, stop talking about it. So a California bill now is requiring that gender neutral stores basically exist. They want whatever stores that you normally would shop at to be gender neutral, but they're focusing all of this on the boys and girls toys and, and the toy departments. So the quote here is saying that large retailers that sell toys, clothes, and other children's items in California would have to devote floor space to merchandise marketed to both boys and girls under a new bill. Um, so this says, as Target noted when it made its decision, not every toy or item of clothing can be classified as gender neutral because there are fit and sizing differences that make full gender neutrality in a retail environment difficult. Well, yeah, of course, obviously that's the biggest issue that you're going to face with this type of thing. Um, but the other thing that I was wondering when I was reading this is at least as far as I remember, let me know in the comments, maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but when in the world did stores have a specific girls toys and boys toys section, like separated because typically what you wind up finding in a toy section is that you have related toys, similar toys grouped together but you never really specifically had it where it's like only girls toys here, only boys toys over there. Like that was usually never the case. So I don't know exactly where they're even drawing this conclusion from, but it does make me wonder how far are they willing to take this? Because I'm telling you right now, I don't want to shop in a store trying to find clothes and it just being like Ross, but it's all mixed up with no organization whatsoever. I mean, could you imagine walking into a store right now for with looking for your jeans you know, your shirts and it's just mixed in with everybody's stuff, women's clothes. I mean, how in the world are they expecting people to buy things? I mean, they're going to have to deal with this at some point because what you literally have is that the Democrats are wanting to tell you, well, there's more than two genders. It's a societal social construct, but everything that we do in society is divvied up that way. Clothes are that way. All of these things go in a certain direction and shoes, women's shoes tend to run smaller. They, they run a different size bracket than men's shoes do, but based on the size, all of these things are set up because of biological differences between men and women, things that the left does not want to exist, right? So it's only a matter of time before they try to try to make all of this all gender neutral. And we're going to be running around the store trying to figure out what in the world it is we're even trying to buy in the first place. So a new poll now in relation to that is showing that a large number of young Americans are now identifying as LGBT. So this is a Gallup poll that was released on Wednesday that discovered that self-identified LGBT people rose from an estimated 4.5% in the U.S. population in 2017 to 5.6% in 2021. Now, normally this wouldn't seem like that big of a deal, but that percentage means that a lot of it is coming from these millennials, these younger people um, and these newer generations that are kind of springing up that are identifying way more this way now. So the number grew from 2% or less of those born before 1965 to 9.1% of millennials. And that has spiked to 15.9% of Generation Z or those born since 1997. 
10 times, 10 times higher. That's the difference. Do you think it's because more people are just born in the wrong body? Is that really what it is? That's not what it is. Newsflash is because these kids are being socially engineered to like these things. And, and what you're seeing is that in society, it's not cool to be a normal person. It's not cool to be straight, white, and male. It's not cool to be male. It's not cool to be straight. And it's definitely not cool to be white. Not in the woke society that we live in. Everything now is all about this power structure that the left likes to look at. And you don't believe for one second that peer pressure doesn't have a big role to play in all this when they see all of their friends that are gay and this and that. They see all the privileges that come with it. I mean, just in the show, we've talked about the fact that, hey, look, if you fit all of these boxes, you're going to get all the privilege that you want. You're going to be able to do just about anything that you want to do. It doesn't matter what that is because you are oppressed. So it's okay. It's not good to be a straight white male. So if you do have a situation where there's a straight white male and they want to be in the in cool crowd, all they have to do is identify as a trans woman. That's a lesbian. They get to do the same thing. And now they're privileged. They don't have to worry about all of the stupid oppression mentality that the left is trying to push down on them. Listen, when you incentivize one thing over another, you're inevitably going to get a lot more people that are going to want to be in that thing that gives them an incentive. They're going to see it as better to be lesbian. They're going to be see it as attention grabbing. They'll get attention from their peers, from the students. For maybe they'll be more popular if they do that. And these kids are trying to fit in. So when they see a bunch of people now being gay, lesbian, this, that, and the other, then why wouldn't they want to join in on it? It looks cool to them. This is the society that they create. And that should worry people. Because what you're doing is now you're getting rid of the students that may have been just your normal straight child. And now parents are looking, they're wanting them to be one of these LGBT people. That's what they want to happen. So bad that if you're a boy and you're just merely playing with a girl's toy, then automatically they'll say, they're actually a girl and they're going to start putting you on hormone blockers. They're going to start giving you all these drugs and starting the transition. And you'll have nothing to say about it because you won't even know what anything different. You'll be a child. <laughs> that is scary. And we've seen parents do this already where the children literally don't know any better, but yet they're so busy trying to do this before they even remotely get close to the age of 18. They want this to happen because it's cool. They want to brag to their other parents and say, my child is this and that and identifies as this and such and such. And it's so hard to be, whoa, is me raising this kind of trans person. That's what they want to be able to do. So it is not surprising. And I don't care what the left says. It's not because people are just because they're just more comfortable in their skin. It's absolutely because of the fact that society is 100% incentivizing all of this. They always have been doing this, and it's only going to get worse and go up from here. All right. I don't often go to TikTok. I can't stand TikTok in general. It's a ridiculous site, and I hate the whole idea of the entire platform. However, there are oftentimes many funny things that wind up taking place as a result of that. So there's a couple videos of white women that are singing, if you want to call this singing, <laughs> about how racist white people are. And if you think that's ironic, 
Yeah, just check this video out. If you don't believe that there is white privilege, please don't teach. If you don't believe that black lives matter, please don't teach. If you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color and don't want to help dismantle those systems, please don't teach. If you're white, yes, you are racist, even if you think you're woke. We all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. Wow. That that's uh that's pretty interesting. So um nursery rhymes, really? Can can we do any better than that? I mean this stuff is so cringy. Like, who in the world do they think they're changing with this? That's the first question that I have to ask on this. Do they really think that people are going to see this and be like, oh, wow, she's so right. Like, I'm going to change my entire philosophy about all of this because this lady's saying, if you want to call it the singing, this thing about how racist I am and how racist we all are. Like, oh, man, it's just the worst, right? Listen, I can guarantee you one thing. One thing for sure, that if any black person is actually watching this video, that they're laughing at them just as much as we are, because this is objectively stupid. It's objectively not going to change the minds of anybody out there. It won't do it. This kind of stuff right like this is absolutely ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Shut down TikTok. Trump should have kept it shut down. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. So with all of that being said, just wanted to end on a bit of a lighter note. But I thank you for listening to the show, watching the show, and I'll see you on the next one. You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.